Welcome to the Mitzvah Minute, where we explore a mitzvah from the weekly Torah portion through the lens of Jewish mysticism, Kabbalah, and Hasidus. I want to share with you an idea this week that encapsulates the entire book of Leviticus, Sefer Vayikra, which we are completing this week. This week's Parsha, we concludes the third book of the five books of Moses, third book of the Torah. And I want to talk about a theme throughout this entire book, which is the idea of karbanos, sacrifices, primarily animal sacrifices that were brought in the temple. And this idea is obviously very foreign to most of us. What is the need of bringing an animal as an offering to God? Does God really care about that? What does it have to do with me? And the answer is yes, it is totally foreign to us, especially living in an urban society. We're no longer agrarian, we're no longer dependent upon animals for our livelihood or livestock. The whole thing seems very strange. Um, And there are different explanations. I want to share with you one of them today as it relates to the mitzvah of Sphiris HaOmer, the counting of the Omer, which we are in that process arriving on our way on the journey towards Mount Sinai to Shavuos to receiving the Torah. And the idea that is explained by one of the great medieval Kabbalists and commentaries on the Torah, the Ramban Nachmanides, is that the idea of an animal sacrifice is that we're essentially taking our animal nature and offering that to God. What does that mean? A human being is made up of two parts, a body and a soul. Our body is essentially an animal. We're animals that walk upright. We not Some of us aren't quite as hairy as most animals, although depending uh, where your family comes from. And uh, we have opposable thumbs. But on the bodily level, we're just animals. Our bodies do all the same things that animals do and want all the same things that animals want. Essentially, your body cares about one thing, and that is your own immediate, selfish, physical pleasure. That's it. The body's designed to reproduce and to survive. And in order to do that, it just goes after its own drives. The soul, on the other hand, cares about spirituality, connection to God, connection to others, mitzvahs, giving, growth, learning, and and becoming greater and better. So there's a battle between these two parts. And the fact that we are made up of body and soul gives us something that no other creature in the universe possesses. And that's free will. You see, angels, angels are made up purely of spiritual material. And therefore, angels only want spiritual things. They're designed and programmed to do one thing and one thing only, and that is whatever God programs them to do. They don't have the free will or choice to go against what God wants. Animals, on the other hand, are made up of purely physical nature. Of course, animals have a spirituality as well. They also have a soul, but their soul doesn't control them intellectually. just gives them the ability to move around and to make basic Uh, physical choices, but animals don't have the ability to make moral decisions. That's because they're programmed to do entirely one thing, and that's follow their nature, their instinct, which is to survive and to go after pleasure. That's why there's no such thing as an evil animal. An animal doesn't have choice. 
So a human being is the only being in the entire universe that's made up of both animal and angel. And because we have equal drives in opposite directions, we have a choice. We have a choice. Which one do we listen to? Do we listen to our animal or do we listen to our angel? Do we do what's right for the greater good, for the Jewish people, for God, for others? Or do we do what we want to do right now, which benefits only ourselves? I, uh, definition that I've given in the past of free will. What's the definition of free will? People usually think definition of free will is the ability to choose to do what you want. And that is actually incorrect because who does whatever they want whenever they want to? Animals. Animals can't help but do what they want. They always do what they want. So, except unless, you, of course, you trained an animal to do otherwise, in which case he's developed now a second nature, right? Which just means that now he wants to do something else because it could be because of fear of consequence, of punishment, or some sort of reward. But at the end of the day, now it's his nature to do the other thing, right? But a human being is the only being that has the ability to not do what they want. That's free will. Free will is the ability to choose to not do what you want, but rather to do what you should do, what's better. That's uniquely human. And that's only exists, free will only exists in the realm of morality. In the realm of likes and dislikes, you like chocolate or vanilla, it's not a free will decision. That's your nature. You were programmed that way. In fact, you can maybe overcome that. You can choose to like something else. But at the end of the day, those aren't free will decisions. Free will decisions are those that, which require us to overcome our nature, to do something else. An animal can never choose to become a vegetarian. An animal can never choose to join the opera. An animal can never choose to uh, become a different type of animal or a different gender animal. Animals just don't have that ability, but we do. That's what makes us unique. We have the ability to choose. And that's the idea of animal sacrifices, is that we're taking something that represents our body and we're offering it up on an altar. And what happens on an altar? The animal is slaughtered and then parts of it are eaten by the Kohanim in the, in the temple. Some parts were eaten by the owners who brought them. And the rest is burned up on an, a mezbeach, an altar. What's the symbolism of burning something up on an altar? is that you're literally taking the material of the thing, the physicality of the thing, and you're burning it up and sending it up into the elements. You're turning it into energy. That represents uplifting the physical. That is exactly what a sacrifice means, is you're taking your animal nature, physical nature, and you're uplifting it. You're channeling it up to spirituality. You're turning it into something transcendent. That's our job in this world, to uplift the physical world to take the raw material of this world and to make it better. We were all given a nature. We're all given drives. You ever hear someone say, I'm an angry person, that's just the way I am? So we all have things that are just the way we are, but that's not an excuse. Because as human beings, we can change the way we are. We can reprogram our nature at any time. We can learn to overcome our anger, overcome our arrogance, overcome our jealousy, overcome our selfishness. We have that ability. And that's the, our mission in this world is to transcend our animal nature, to uplift our animal nature so that both body and soul become one partnership that are together working to connect to God.
And that's the message of Sfirsa Omer, the counting of the Omer cycle that begins on Passover and ends on Shavuos when the Torah was given 50 days later. Each day there's a mitzvah to count, to count from the day we brought the Omer offering. Now, some offerings were not animals. Some offerings were, were made up of flour and oil and, and, and wine. There were different types of foodstuffs. So the Omer offering is an offering of barley flour that was brought immediately after Passover. And that begins the new year cycle for grains. You can't eat new grain until you bring that offering. And barley in the Talmud is considered to be an animal food. Then we count 49 days. And on Shavuos, the day the Torah was given, we bring an offering in the temple, which was made up of bread, wheat bread. And it was actually the only offering of actual bread. There were matzah offerings. This is the only bread offering. And bread is considered a uniquely human food. A Roman one time asked Rabbi Akiva, the great Talmudic sage, who makes better stuff, God or man? It's one of my favorite passages in the Talmud. And she she expected Rabbi Akiva to say, God makes better stuff. Of course, we're Jews. We believe in God. Of course, God makes better stuff. But instead, Rabbi Akiva said, no, man makes better stuff. See, God created grain and man turns that grain into bread. God gives us raw materials. That's our life. That's our body with all our drives and all our imperfections. Our job is to take that, refine it, grind it, sift it, and create something even greater. That's the symbolism of bread that's brought on Shavuos. These 49 days are days of working on ourselves, on refining our character, on getting clarity on our values so that when we receive the Torah on Mount Sinai, we're receiving the Torah as human beings, not as animals. Thank you for listening. I want to wish you a beautiful, beautiful Shabbos.